everyone, I'm Anna Close. And I'm Paul Jabroni, and this is the Engineering History Podcast. If you want to hear about where engineering and history collide, then you're at the right show. Today, we will be going over... The Sacramento Floods, plural, and the chaos that ensued. Sounds very timely. <laughs> yeah. Recently, for those who don't know, in the past couple of weeks, uh, California has been bombarded with uh, floods, specifically in the Bay Area, and I heard, I feel like somewhere at work or like on the train about this story, and I was like, there's no way that's that's real. And I looked it up, and it's it's real, The like what they did in Sacramento. Sounds like a crazy teaser, but first, yeah. <laughs> let's give you some background about us. Mm-hmm. I'm a mechanical engineer doing mostly manufacturing activities at an aerospace company. And I'm a civil engineer focusing in water resources and water quality. We're still doing dry January. <laughs> so our alcohol so for today's podcast is not alcohol. It's tea. Delicious orange Rubios, blood orange Rubios, Trader Joe's tea with some Trader Joe's honey mm-hmm. in there as well. Maybe we could get sponsored. Hey, Maybe. look. Yeah. We literally eat nothing but Trader Joe's. Hey, cheers. Cheers. Mm. TJ's. Hit us up. It's a little. I'm gonna. I'm gonna. Wait I did the until. kind of like you know. You know that sip technique. Yeah. It's pretty good. I'm gonna wait until it cools down. A That's so bit. valid. Love blood orange. Uh, Trader Joe's tea. All right. So first, we're gonna get into Sacramento's history and how it was founded. What What do you know about Sacramento? I believe it's the capital of California. Yes. Um. I've heard it's not a very fun place to live. Oh really? <laughs> yeah. I've heard it's kind of boring. Uh. Yeah, I don't, I, don't I, I don't know. Well, we, we definitely have to visit and see for ourselves. Well, I'm basing that entirely off of an Instagram reel I watched, which was the premise of the Instagram reel was this person from Sacramento. Mm-hmm. And then this person from the Bay Area was like, wait, I can move to Sacramento and not have to pay that much rent. And mm-hmm. like, it's real. And there's all this fun stuff. And then the Sacramento person was kind of like, oh, no, the Bay Area is going to find out about Sacramento and ruin <laughs> everything. And then like all the comments were like, yeah, Sacramento sucks. <laughs> so but maybe they were just they were trying to get the bay possibly area people to not, not to move. yeah exactly look i don't know what the truth is we should probably do a fact-finding mission um maybe it's great maybe it is um so you're right sacramento is the capital of california it is affectionately known as the river city because it sits at the conjunction of the sacramento and american river the American River. Yeah, I know. I like it. <laughs> Two very big rivers. Um, it's also kind of nicknamed the Levee City, and we'll get into that in a sec. I've heard people call it Sack. Like they're like, I'm going up to Sack for the weekend. <laughs> That's fun. <laughs> that was my contribution. <laughs> I didn't need it. <laughs> <laughs> the Levee River, the Levee City is pretty cool too. Yeah, yeah. Before that, it was originally inhabited by the Nisenen, a branch of Meidu, who lived in the valley for 10,000 years Wow! before white settlers arrived. And I totally butchered their names. I'm sorry. And um, Native Americans who originally lived in, a ter- in that territory extended eastward from the Sacramento River to the Sierra Nevada Mountains. Nevada. Nevada, just... Nevada Mountains. <laughs> we, we had a listener who's a good friend of ours. Thanks, Eric. Shout out, Eric. Our last episode we referred to as the Sierra Nevada Mountains. Okay, so Sierra Nevada Mountains. Apparently that's the correct pronunciation. Thank you, Eric, for keeping us honest. Yeah, I still don't get it. <laughs> Okay, but 
Spanish soldiers from the Mission San Jose under the command of Lieutenant Gabriel Marogo. I bet it was Habriel. Discovered Sacramento and its rivers in 1808. <laughs> it's fine. You can be wrong. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks again for that contribution, Paul. Also, how did he discover it when people had been living there for 10,000 years? It's kind of like, wow, this piece of land, I found it. And everyone living there is like, yeah. bitch, no, you didn't. This will be like when we colonize Mars and then the Martians <laughs> show up and we're like, we discovered Mars. Yay. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, but it wasn't officially officially settled until 1839. Mm. And that year, with the permission of Mexico, Captain John Sutter, Ooh. a Swiss migrant who fled his home to escape debtor's prison, Ooh. built a settlement on 76 acres and called it New Helvetia, which is, I think, just like New Switzerland or something like that. Yeah. Which would later become Sacramento. So I'm assuming this is the Sutter that you see in, you know, a lot of streets I've seen. There's like a Sutter Street in Oakland. Mm -hmm. There's like, which tangent, and I know we've talked about this before, California cities Mm -hmm. have like the same four streets (laughs) that they just put in every city. There's Sutter, Mm -hmm. there's Van Ness. You always Mm -hmm. see Van Ness. Mm -hmm. I know there's a Polk in San Francisco. I don't know if I've seen Polk other places. Yeah. But there's always a California street too, of course. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, you got it. But Sutter and Van... I'm assuming this is Sutter. I'm assuming Van Ness was some other guy. Yeah. Um, but John Sutter, interesting guy. Um, he abandoned his wife and children in Switzerland due to the debt. Hey, oh, look. <laughs> love the love the player, hate the game, right? You know? I guess. Um, <laughs> I, 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 maybe we need some historical like investigation on if they were holding him back. You know? <laughs> Maybe he was going to live his dream, and they were just, like, kind of baggage. Yeah, did he even love his wife? I bet the children weren't even his. I bet they were, like, you know, illegitimate children who were kind of, like, kind of shit, you know? They were just, like, mid. They were mid. They were kind of mid as fuck, actually. And then, you know, his wife, I bet she was loving, but, you know, players got... It's like it's like Tom Brady, you know? <laughs> It's like... Players gotta play. Players gotta play the game, you know? Yeah, you know, after a time, the wife's sagging, you know, she gets <gasps> old. How dare you? It's I'm not a body kidding. thing. <laughs> I'm just kidding. That's so mean. I'm just kidding. Or am I? <laughs> Where's your body positivity? I don't know. But he built Sutter's Fort in 1841 in New Helvetia or Sacramento. Um, and despite his debt, he, this I kind of appreciate, but also I, I I can't decide if I like John Sutter or not because he's, Mm. he's an interesting character and the last couple years of his life kind of suck. And I'll get into that in a second, but for the time being, I'm going to say I am indifferent right now because I, I, the research I did was just very preliminary background stuff so is it like a Damon targaryen situation where like he's like a good guy and a bad guy he does good and bad yeah but he's like not as brutal <laughs> well that's probably good <laughs> yeah um so despite his debt um he provided lavish hospitality employed and employed anyone who came to his fort um which is nice he i he, like that yeah he employed like immigrants you know handy workers just anyone who came through I have to wonder if maybe his wife and kids were saddling the burden of the debt back in mm, Switzerland, but probably. and I, I don't know if he sent money back or anything. I don't and think so. I feel like no, that just doesn't that doesn't that seem likely. That doesn't sound at all 
all likely, unfortunately. Um, however, he was less accommodating to local Native Americans, and he would often exploit their labor. Yeah, well, that was common, you know. I know, but not that's not an excuse. Yeah, I'm just, that's I'm not just an saying excuse. that was like a lamenting, like, Actually, yeah. You know what? I love John Sutter. <laughs> I think that I uh yeah no I'm I'm hearing a lot of I'm hearing some good and uh, and a lot of bad yeah um so he also wanted to construct a water powered sawmill um so to do this Sutter contacted a carpenter and millwright named John Marshall to help him and <coughs> excuse me the sawmill is known today as Sutter's Mill nice obviously. <laughs> And um, it was John Marshall who, in 1848, found a gold nugget. Ooh! Thus precipitating the California gold rush in 1849. After which the 49ers are named. Shout out to a winning football team. Yeah, maybe we can get them to sponsor us too. I think we can. I think we can <laughs> we get Warriors, the 49ers. I think we get all SF sports. Yeah, and then obviously TJs. Uh, and and who? Trader Joe's. Oh, TJ's, yeah, yeah. Affectionately named TJ's. Yeah, yeah. I thought you said T-Tay's. T-Tay's? Yeah. No. TJ's. TJ's. This is Love to be sponsored by T-Tay's. <laughs> uh, yes, sorry, carry on. <laughs> so Sacramento became the gateway to the mines, and this is where Sutter became financially ruined because Ooh. the influx of newcomers from all over the world would steal or destroy his livestock and resources. Um and even his employees like eventually left him to make their own fortune. That sucks. Yeah, so Sutter moved to a farm close to Feather River, which was still kind of in that Sacramento area. But arsonists destroyed his home. What the fuck? <laughs> so he packed up and moved east to Latitz, Pennsylvania. <laughs> oh, well, hey, if you gotta go somewhere. Yeah. <laughs> At least it's Latitz. <laughs> <laughs> Is that anywhere close to Intercourse, Pennsylvania? <laughs> I think it's adjacent to anal pennsylvania <laughs> no. intercourse is a real place wait what yeah there's a town <laughs> called intercourse no yeah. you're lying to you me. should look it up it's it's a real and there's also a town in australia that recently renamed itself but for many years it was fucking australia <laughs> i think i think they renamed it to like fuking or something <laughs> it's not better it's they it, they were taking steps on the way yeah hmm Sorry, I just heard River snore. So cute. Yeah, if Sutter, uh, if Sutter wanted to make some money, he should have uh, should have switched over to like we were just talking about this. How like the 49ers didn't make any money, mm-hmm. but like Levi Strauss, you know, made tons of money. So he wanted to make money off the gold rush people. Exactly. You know. Yeah. Which there's probably some analogy for Chat GPT in here. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but anyways, um, I think he eventually died in 1850 in Washington D.C. Ooh, nice. Yeah. Love that place. Yeah, good place. Not as good as Friendship, Ohio, Wisconsin. Friendship, comma, Ohio, comma, Wisconsin. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, Do you want to know what Sacramento means? Uh, Oh, I have a guess. Yeah. Is it like the sacrament? Like the sacraments of like the Eucharist and stuff? Yeah, it is Spanish for Holy Sacrament. Believe that, yeah. Yep. And it was originally the name of the nearby river, but the town adopted it in 1849. Our, our slow march towards becoming the Catholic History Podcast, <laughs> which we started in uh, episode 15, You Can't Print Happiness. Yeah. <laughs> that, that march continues. Oh. <laughs> uh, mm, yeah, okay. <laughs> so, 
And in its early days, Sacramento was a rowdy place full of successful miners who, instead of investing in the stock market, I'm just kidding, there was no stock market (laughs) at this time, uh, they spent their money on gambling and dance halls. Dude, hey, good. You know what I'm saying? Like, YOLO. YOLO. Yeah. (laughs) They they probably said that to themselves. Yeah, they were like, YOLO, partner! (laughs) (laughs) That's how you Wild Westify any (laughs) sentence. Was there really no stock market at this time? I don't know. I don't think so. I thought the New York Stock Exchange went back to like at least the 1800s. Oh, maybe there was, but anyways, I don't. I don't know. I don't. I couldn't tell you. I'm, I don't know. Yeah. I was born in 1910, so. Yeah, so you should remember. Yeah, I don't. But the town did encounter difficulties, including floods in 1849 and 1853. 1862 and most recently 2023 wow that's a big gap yeah um but sacramento survived to become the capital of california in 1854 wow so before it became officially settled and as we know it today captain john sutter and the local native americans showed him where to build his uh showed him where to build his fort but recognized that the proposed location for sacramento was in a natural floodplain that was regularly inundated in the winter months. So it was just basically a marsh. <laughs> That's so cool. Yeah. Uh, flood control became an immediate concern for the citizens and politicians, but nothing was really done in the matter of protection from flood or high water. Um, however, in early January of 1850, the city experienced one of the most terrific southeast storms known in this region, which had the effect of swelling the Sacramento River and overrunning the streets with water. Wow. Yeah. I don't believe there was... There may have been a few people who died as a result of this, but mainly it was crops and business workers that sort of had to deal with the financial burden of, of you know, having their homes and uh, land overrun with water. But, so, sorry if I'm if I missed something, but I thought they moved it so it wouldn't be in a floodplain. No, no, no. No, they didn't. Um, oh. The Native Americans were like, yeah, this is kind of like a shitty area. Oh, go. so and build he, your city yeah, here. Yeah. That's hilarious. Yeah, John, like John Sutter heard that and he was like, cool. Yeah, that's funny. <laughs> um, so, yeah, it was it was bad. It was a bad idea. But I, I think since it was, like I said, it was like at the conjunction of two major rivers, there was like that prospect of being so close to natural waterways for like boat transportation and stuff like that, Mm -hmm. that it just really appealed to him. That's exactly how Pittsburgh is on the East coast. Yeah, exactly. Um, so because of these floods and this is, I don't think this is the worst flood that it gets worse, (laughs) like much worse. Um, a levy commission was established on January 29th, 1850 and one of the commissioners was Hardin Bigelow. Ooh, yeah. Hardin Bigelow. I kind of love it. That's a great name. It kind of reminds me of um, of our Fallout guy. His oh, name? um, Frederick Marmalade. Frederick Marmalade, and what's the other one's name? Tortellini. Oh, uh, Alfonso Rigatoni. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Although we still have Cornelius Crumplesnatch in, in the reserve. Yeah. <laughs> so I'm sorry, Hardin Bigelow. Hardin Bigelow. Love it. Yeah, he became. Sacramento's first elected mayor, largely because of his support of building levees. Nice. Yeah. Uh, The need for building levees was immediate, but the funds for doing so were non-existent. Mm. 
But Bigelow arranged for the city to borrow funds, and he also provided $6,000 from his personal assets. That's so, pretty cool. Especially probably at the time, that was a shit ton of money. Oh, yeah. So, go king. <laughs> so, for those who are unfamiliar with what a levy is or have, like, heard it, but, you know, they don't know exactly what it is, it's a man-made structure used to contain, control, or divert the flow of water so as to reduce risk from temporary flooding. The key difference between a levee and a dam is in the way in which they are positioned. A levee goes along a river and a dam crosses a river. So, uh, okay, interesting. So the best way to think about this is like, imagine <coughs> like you're in a bowling lane and you see the railings on one on the side. That's mm-hmm. kind of like how a levee is. They so keep the water in its lane. Is it like some, is it kind of like erosion control? Um, not exactly. It's more like flood control. Erosion control is a, is a little bit different, but... So what's the difference between a levee and, like, an aqueduct? Um, an aqueduct transports water. Whereas the levee is, like, a guardrail? Exactly. Okay. For, for rivers. It's, gotcha. Um, here, I'll, I'll provide a picture. It's, it's like this mound of dirt constructed right. and compacted in a way that um, sort of prevents... Like overflow or um, water rising water levels to uh, inundate like a town or anything like that. So, folks, kind of what we're looking at is we're looking at a river. Sorry, <laughs> do you mind putting that back? We're looking at a river, and <clears throat> the river kind of comes up to the bank like a normal river would. But then on top of the bank, you have like kind of a structure that sits and well, just does what you said. Yeah, it, it's just like a, a mound of compacted dirt and. Um, I guess, like, when, when you think about a river, you have the riverbed, which is just the bottom of the river, and then you have the banks, which are the side. And then, you know, you have the different levels of water, um, depending on, like, the months, you know, some months you have lower water levels, other months you have higher water levels, and then the levee is supposed to be just, like, ab- above that high water level, so that way when it rains a lot, or, or floods or anything like that. There's some kind of protection for the town. Yeah, you can kind of think of like a bathtub. Like if you put like super high sides on a bathtub so it wouldn't spill over, that kind of looks like yeah. what it looks like. So with this money, the city was able to construct temporary embankments before the levees, um, which held off anticipated floods later on in 1850. Um, and... This also further demonstrated the need for really good levees as well. Because, mm-hmm. you know, em- embankments kind of like what we talked about in um, our previous episode. What was it? Jon Snow and Joseph Bazalgette. It's embankments are just like compacted dirt to make a, a river smaller. Uh, com- right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and these were just temporary. This was just to sort of help with any further flooding or anything like that and but they later did actually construct levees however on april 29th 1850 voters approved a special 250,000 tax assessment for a permanent levy levy that was built between september and december of 1850 
Um, the contract for the levy was given to Irwin, Gay, and Company on September 6th, 1850, and the labor began began several days after the contract was awarded. Dude, back in the day when we didn't have to deal with these fucking environmental regulations and NEPA, you know who you are. We're calling you out. We're calling you out, NEPA. Wait, is NEPA the solution? What's the bad one? I don't know. I think NEPA is the solution to the to the. In, I th- oh, I think environmental impact statement. That's the bad one. I don't know. I don't think I've I've worked with NEPA or done an environmental impact statement. Before. There's like I went to this thing one time back when I worked in DC, which was like it was like the EPA ha- was giving this presentation about how like cumbersome like all this like environmental regulation stuff can be mm-hmm. and they were basically like created like a fast track for environmental projects which i think was nepa so oh. I, I apologize nepa you guys are, are trying to help the problem <laughs> <laughs> we're not calling you out anymore we take back our original if statement. that's what you are i don't actually remember so i'm just talking out my ass you know what we're indifferent to you at best <laughs> yeah fuck you but also thanks i guess <laughs> Okay, so this is where it goes from okay to bad, and then later on it gets from bad to worse. The levy, which commenced to the south at the high ground near Sutterville, ran about nine miles along the north and western boundaries of the city. And with this levy, the people of the Sacramento felt safe for a time. Ooh. Dot, dot, dot. Uh, less than a year and a half later, on March 7th, 1852, new raging waters broke through the sluice gate at Lake Sutter, uh, which was in the city itself, and breached the levee and once again inundated the city. What, sorry, what is a sluice gate? Um, it's kind of, the best way I can describe it is just like a, a gate keeping water in, but it's not like, it's different from a levee because a levee is like flood control and a the sluice gate is not flood control. It's actually trying to, it's trying to like make a man made sort of lake. I I didn't really do as much research on the sluice gate as I, as I was more focused on the levee. Sure. But maybe next pod or future pod, we could go sluice over Sluice gates throughout history. Yeah. So, and there, I think there are a couple other terms like the there's like a hydro mill or something like that or hydro, uh, like something in the future that we're gonna talk about with this podcast. But again, I didn't do a lot of research on that. I was mainly focused on the flood control aspect and what went wrong. Cool. So, you may be asking yourself, how do levees fail? They seem so foolproof. Um. <laughs> I've seen a bunch of infrastructure <laughs> failure videos on YouTube, yeah. but no, yeah. How, how do they fail, Anna? Well, there are a couple of different ways levees can fail. One is where the incoming waters overrun the top of the levee and, levee and flood the surrounding area. Right. They can breach, meaning that part of the levee breaks away and leaves a large opening for water to rush in. Um, water can seep underneath the levee causing flooding and or weakening of the levee's overall stability, right. causing breakage and just shit going south. Literally. Um, and water can also put pressure on the levee, causing seepage through it. Sure. And this also can lead to instability or yeah. levee foundation to settle or slump. So this second flood in 1852... There was a second flood in 1852 because... Wait, wait, wait. What was the... What happened with the... Oh, it broke through the sluice gate, right. It broke through the sluice gate and just completely overran the the levee and causes it to breach. Right. 
which as you'll remember, that means that the levee breaks away and just leaves a large opening for water to rush in. My my mental image of this is always in Lord of the Rings when they destroy the dam at yeah. Isengard. <laughs> yeah, no, that was what I was thinking doing this whole thing too. So they had a really bad flood in early 1850. They had another bad flood in 1852, which we'll get into right now. Ooh. Um, in 1852, hydraulic mining came into vogue. Ooh, nice nice phrase. Thank you. Don't tell me you a model if you ain't been in vogue. That's what Drake said that one time. Oh, cool. Sorry. Isn't he, like, really into Millie Bobby Brown? Yeah, he's, like, kind of a pedophile, actually. <laughs> like, she's not the only... He also has another song where he's, like, high school pics. She was even bad then. Oh, that's <laughs> like, so weird. Very weird. I've never... Oh, I've yeah. never seen, like someone millie bobby brown's age and been like wow <laughs> i need a piece of that <laughs> well that's how you're different from drake i guess <laughs> i guess i'm just like not into i'm not creepy <laughs> i guess you're just not a pedophile yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay so um miners blasted away entire hill or mountainsides in order to find gold because remember right gold rush oh and that's destroying kind of the yeah oof the, yeah the sediment from all these Hey, maybe those environmental impact statements weren't such a bad (laughs) idea after all. (laughs) Maybe, yeah, but um, the sediment produced by the runoff raised the Sacramento Riverbed. Uh Uh-oh. And remember, the riverbed is like... Yeah, that's like the baseline of where the water... Yeah, Yeah, the bottom of the tub. Yeah, and when the riverbed rises, so does the... uh, The water level. The water level, yeah. Yeah. And so, this... Is an oopsie. <laughs> <laughs> I did an oopsie. Yeah, I mean, well, to be fair, hydraulic mining was prohibited after 1884. Nice. Um, but the the damage was already done. There was flooding all the time in Sacramento Valley, Valley and in Sacramento. Um, and let's see. The gold rush resulted in a wave of settlement throughout the valley, so people were really like they wanted to settle down here. And when the Sacramento River overflowed its banks or changed course, which it often did, it devastated towns and farmlands alike, prompting farmers and urban residents to experiment with more levees and a trial and error like system. So Gotcha. Instead of having like these levees be funded by the city and contracted by like professionals, um, farmers and like, you know, uh, people in urban areas are doing it themselves. Oh, wow. Okay. So it's privately owned. Yeah. yeah. And actually, surprisingly, a lot of levees today are privately owned. I think like 25%, 75 or 25% of levees are privately owned. That's bonkers. Yeah. And the problem with that is there's a lot of like, Op, uh, like operation maintenance that goes into them that could be like you know so are they not even if it's privately owned are, why aren't they like subject to regulations that they have to like because like when you build something on your property you still usually have to well i guess it depends on the state yeah i guess yeah and <clears throat> there's different rules i think like there there are regulations where like you have to keep this levy up to date you know mm. like you have to take care of it but, but like mean, if it's happening in texas nobody's gonna enforce it <laughs> yeah no, it's like texas by the way no state book. epa <laughs> what they don't uh they don't do that no sorry no state osha that's yeah. what that's what i'm trying to say 
Yeah. Oh, and also Sacramento didn't have a lot of like funds to provide flood mitigation for everyone. Where'd all that gold money go? I know. Well, it went into hookers and blow. Oh, right. <laughs> well, maybe the hookers could kind of step up. <laughs> so this, I mean, like... Mm. We need to bring back hookers and blow. Oh, we got no, away from don't. that. No, oh, yeah. Don't. don't. That was like our running joke. We don't have to make it a thing. <laughs> but we should... Maybe we should do a catchphrase. Hookers and blow. No, other than hookers and blow. The Engineering History Podcast. Get, Get educated. It. Get edu- that's, that's, why are you peeling off the paint of your... Look how clean it looks now. <laughs> I've been waiting for that for so long. Look at that handle. Folks, for those who are not here... Um, <laughs> <laughs> Which is anybody other than you, me, and River. Um, Paul just pulled off a bunch of paint from his Yeti mug. It's like it had been peeling for a while and it was just kind of gross. It came off in one piece. It's so clean now. And I'm feeling... This is some beautiful... And, and this looks like brushed surface steel oh right God. here. Oh my gosh. I appreciate you as a podcast <laughs> but no we i for uh, how about okay breaking the dam on oh wait no we have a motto it's where engineering and history collide mm. yeah yeah but we need to we need to find something fun you know like I'm, that is fun oh no like in the office i'm trying to make my catchphrase be like king or queen Ooh. know your worth i like that's a great that's so positive I yeah love that. exactly it's not catching on because <laughs> i'm i'm pretty like just like at my desk working all the time but um <laughs> it makes I, your desk an oasis yeah but like anytime you know someone doesn't know their worth that's where i come in like across the office like <laughs> king dive queen, over know your worth <laughs> just right over on like a on a on a segway or something yeah <laughs> know your worth <laughs> Yeah. How about the Engineering History Podcast, a drive-by of knowledge shot straight into your brain of a traditionally, traditionally engineers don't always study history, and that's totally fine because you have other stuff you're also worried about, but we're kind of like making it an accessible way to be relatable and also accessible to people, and we hope that we're fulfilling that. If not, please message us at engineering underscore history underscore podcast on Instagram, and we'll, we'll fix your problem. I'm going to have to write that down. <laughs> well, we have it on recording forever. Okay. Or we could do something a little shorter, something like um, Sierra Nevada or Sierra Nevada. Nevada. <laughs> we are letting the listeners down. Poll. I, I, I'm feeling like, as we say at my job, why don't we take this offline? Nope. <laughs> okay, so early levy systems, like I said, a lot of them were privately owned, constructed by farmers and stuff. And, you know, at the time, I think they were thinking like, you know, this is this is good. This will help keep my land from getting flooded. Yeah. But since they were constructed on an individual basis, they were too fragmented to be effective for the whole town. Yeah, I'm, I'm almost thinking of like startup bootstrapping. Like you kind of want individual to begin with, but then eventually the cold hand of the state comes down and has, exactly. to, has to set the standard. Yeah, and from 1850 to basically early 1900s, there really didn't exist an overall flood control plan for Sacramento and the Sacramento Valley. Yeah. So the once again the economic devastation of the 1852 flood was extensive according to an article titled sacramento defies the river 1815 to 1878 um 
No lives were lost in warnings before the levees gave way enabled many Sacramentans to remove their most valuable goods to high ground. <laughs> that is like I'm there. Yeah. But uh, three days after the city was flooded, Mayor James Richmond Hardenberg. Ooh. Another great What the name. heck? I know. I'm taking notes. I know. We need uh, Richmond Hardenberg. Richmond it's, Hardenberg. It's our next... Uh, uh, Fallout guy. <laughs> Richmond Hardenberg can hang out with um, Harden uh, Big Bigelow. <laughs> Harden Bigelow and uh, oh, uh, Francesco Tortellini. Yes, and Francesco Tortellini. <laughs> so, Richmond Hardenberg <laughs> called for a new levee to be constructed along the edge of Lake Sutter and then another levee along the American River. Okay. So, Although local citizens were once again feeling safe in the Levee City, this feeling lasted only three weeks, as Ooh. the American River Levee was broken on December 19th. Wait, so it was built and then broke after three weeks? <laughs> yeah. I was like, so, yeah. that's such a terrible track record. I know. And it left a 40-foot wide crevice. Like, it wasn't just like That's a not a small, tiny crack. Yeah, it was like completely destroyed. Oh how do they, how are these guys so bad at building levees? I don't know, but don't worry. Their response to this was to build more levees. I mean, that's kind of what I would do, honestly. <laughs> um, yeah, and I also, what was it? Eventually, 150 feet of the levee was later destroyed, and Sacramento City was underwater again. So, like, why, why are they so bad at this? Um, that's a good question. I think... It's literally just because the rivers are so powerful, and this area has just a lot of floods going on. They need to make a gold-plated... They have all this gold, right? They need to make a gold-plated levee system. Yeah, they do. But the way... So, I'll get into this in a second, but they kind of, like, were, like... Some of them, obviously, the citizens were, like frustrated because their taxes were getting increased for the levies yeah. and then they're like what what the fuck is going on we're still mm. getting flooded like every winter yeah and actually this was this was a quote in this the december 25th 1852 magazine the daily alta um a reporter had the following to say from one of the or one of the citizens said this to a reporter the water was running. The water was running through Eighth Street. No, I'm not going to do that. Um, the water was running through Eighth Street, some six feet deep. Several lives were supposed to have been lost. One man was seen floating down the river on top of his house. Ooh. Yeah. Wait, his house was floating? No, no, no. no he was like. Oh, his house. The top of his house came off. Yeah. Oh my and god. He passed and he away. was hanging out. He died. Yeah, he was floating. I think face down. Oh. Yeah. Well, I thought he was on top of his house. No, 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 no. The water was to the top of his house. It was probably just like a one-story house, and he was floating next to it. Oh, my God. Yeah. That's fucked up. And at the foot of L Street, a whole block was afloat, and the Eagle Saloon was washed away and is floating around. Yikes. This brings back uh, Boston molasses. I know. This feels exactly like... Did any horses die in this? Probably. Oh, yeah. I mean, Loads, like, right? people died. I'm the sure The saloon horses. floated away. Yeah. I mean, like, I definitely think since a lot of, like, the farms in the area, like, were affected, I'm sure 
livestock, cows, pigs, chickens, yeah. what have you, probably died. Dude, you know that kind of sucks because like I'm I'm thinking of that construction style of like the Wild West where it's like just like shitty ramshackle, like you just yeah. put up a, basically a board, you know? Yeah. Yeah, that's all going. Yeah, and unfortunately, New Year's Day, eighteen fifty three, another flood happened in the well, water. And how how long after this was? How um, long after the? A uh, couple weeks. Okay. Yeah. Because. Because they didn't fix it. Because yeah. Exactly. Okay. So the water level of the Sacramento River was twenty-two feet above the low water mark and two feet higher than the Great Flood of eighteen fifty-two. Wow. So they. Uh, unfortunately and the next day january 2nd 1853 floodwaters once again enter the heart of the city frustrations mounted for the city's burned out and flooded citizens <sighs> yeah it's frustrating that's, yeah it's just not fun <laughs> yeah and one man wrote to the sacramento union stating our city government has been in operation nearly three years has expended more than two hundred thousand dollars upon the levy and very large sums for other purposes. Our taxes have been greater than perhaps those of any other city in the world. Our city debt is now very large, and all after all this taxation and expenditure, the city has not received a benefit commensurate with the cost. We have received nothing like a fair equivalent for our money. Yeah, well, he was he was on the money, bro. Yeah. Like, come on, <laughs> build a fucking good levy. Yeah, and what do you think the mayor and council of Sacramento decided to do? <laughs> I think they decided to continue doing hookers and blow and <laughs> the city's tax money. Basically, they're like, let's just widen the levies. What does that mean? <laughs> they're just making new levies. Oh, okay. Yeah. Why don't they just make levies that are like... Like, obviously, the problem isn't the size of the levees, right? It's that the levees are, like, badly constructed. Or is that or is that the case? Um, I think, yeah, possibly that they're just badly constructed. Or do they just need to pack up Sacramento and just move it to a not-a-floodplain area? Um, well, they did that for a sec. Really? <laughs> yeah, they moved it to San Francisco, actually. Oh? Well, the... Huh? Yeah, they well not like sacri- they didn't like pack up Sacramento. I was thinking of the part in SpongeBob where they're like pushing the city. You know? <laughs> no. no, like they um, moved the capital to San Francisco. Oh, I see. Okay. Yeah. So okay. So a couple months after the flood in January, a city ordinance for widening, altering, and improving the levy and providing for the payment of the expenses was approved by the mayor and council. Mm-hmm. The cost was set to no more than $50,000, and the work was completed by the later part of 1853. Um, Let's see. The levee system, which later underwent various improvements, proved to be a successful barrier against major floods in the city for several years. But (laughs) that level of prosperity quickly changed on December 9th, 1861. This is known as the Great Flood. Ooh. Yeah, and if you thought uh, the other floods were bad, this one. This one's really bad. This is the Big Mama. This is Big Mama. Big Mama. Um, Because it didn't just affect California, but Oregon and Idaho as well. Ooh, wow, that is massive, huh? Yeah. How, how, wait, so what river is this? Um, all of them. Oh. (laughs) They have, like, it was... All the rivers. So it was just like a giant flooding event in just basically the, not Pacific Northwest, but just like that area. Yeah. And to put it in um, perspective for any civil engineers out there, we normally do calculations for like stormwater and flooding or any kind of like hydraulic 
like a hundred year storm, which is just like a percentage or like the st- statistical likelihood of an intense storm that happens every 100 years. So the likelihood of a hundred year storm happening this year is like 1% or something like that. So it would be like one out of a hundred, right? Yes, yeah. So 1%. Exactly. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> These storms that led to the Great Flood average precipitation levels that records show only occur once every 500 to 1,000 years. Whoa, that is biblical. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's like the worst levee system for that to happen I know, to. I know, Oh my God. So there's um, a geographical range of flooding the state was noted by a traveling geologist from Yale University. William Brewer, also kind of a great name. It's a good name. It's not like, you know, uh, Huberman Bigelow or yeah. whatever. Yeah. <laughs> Harden. Harden Bigelow, yeah. yeah. Um, he wrote that the great central valley of the state was underwater. That Sacramento and San Joaquin Valleys, a region 250 to 300 miles long and an average of at least 20 miles wide, um, are pro- they're around three to three and a half million acres uh, we're completely underwater. This makes me feel so much better about the like flooding and what whatever yeah. flooding we got was <laughs> yeah, nothing like, nothing like that. <laughs> yeah, thousands of farms were entirely underwater, cattle starving and drowning. Wow, so sad. It's not even the horses this time; it's I the know. cattle. I you know. starve and drown like that just sucks. I know. Just like pick one or the other. Pick one. I can't deal with both at once. <laughs> I know. Uh, but um, so from December to January, the series of storms carrying high winds and heavy precipitation left city streets and sidewalks underwater photographs show canals and place of city streets and boats docked to storefronts oh wow yeah it's like venice (laughs) yeah the um i think there was what was it on inauguration day january 10th the state's eighth governor leland stanford another great name it's a good name traveled by rowboat to his inauguration building <laughs> held at the state legislator office his speech was just like well we got a lot of work to do <laughs> yeah it was bad um and unfortunately the levees which were supposed to protect the citizens ended up <laughs> acting as a dam to keep the water in the city than rather letting it oh flow out. Oh my god. So they worked for one fucking thing. Mm-hmm, <laughs> that mm-hmm. sucks. <laughs> and um, much of Sacramento remained underwater for three months after the storm passed. Oh my god. And as a result, the flooding from January of 1862, uh, the state capital was moved temporarily to San Francisco. Right. Like I said, it, again, it wasn't like physically packed up in a handbag. They didn't handbag. like take the city and just move it. <laughs> no, 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 it's just like, like you know, on paper, it was right. San Francisco. But I was, I guess, I'm thinking of Sacramento as like a smaller town than it must have been at this time, because like it was massive. It must have been massive, cause, and especially post Gold Rush, because like I was thinking of it like, okay, we made a mistake, but we only like <laughs> made this town like ten years ago. We could just move, you know. Whereas after the gold rush, I'm sure, like, there was a lot of infrastructure in there already. Including yeah, exactly. these shitty freaking like, levees. Yeah, and there was, like, t- like stores and businesses and stuff like that set up. So yeah. it's, like, hard to, like, move once you've already had something in place. Yeah. So, due to the high costs associated with flood recovery, the city of Sacramento reached out to the aid of the Transcontinental Railroad. Ooh. Which was a major turning point in levee resilience and construction. Really? They got yeah. some of that transcontinental railroad money? 
Yeah, because I believe the Transcontinental Railroad either ran along Sacramento Mm -hmm. and having the tracks and the city flooded constantly was not good for business. Of course not. So they finally got people who knew what the fuck they were doing, is is what you're saying. Yeah. Oh, I I wrote down here, the Transcontinental Railroad had laid tracks across the Sierra Nevada. Nice. And uh, stations its major repair and production line in Sacramento. Gotcha. So, yeah, it was not good for business. And they were like, (laughs) we need to fucking do something. (laughs) Yeah. Um, They employed a Chinese workforce of over 14,000 people to reconstruct levees under the guidance of Charles Crocker, the head contractor for the Central Pacific Railroad. I don't know if you've ever seen... Those guys were super exploited. I don't oh, know if you've no. ever looked into I, that. I, I, you mentioned a book about the Chinese workforce for the gold rush, I believe. Uh, did I? I think so, yeah. I can't remember the name of it. Hmm, yeah. Maybe I, be- I did. I believe it was when we were in Utah and we were like walking around that really cute part of uh, uh, Park City. Oh, oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh, what was that book? I think that it was part of a book that wasn't about that, Mm -hmm. but that was like a big part of it. Oh, man. Yeah. I can't remember, but yeah. But yeah, I mean. Yeah. No, that was a whole story. I mean, like, I can only imagine how exploited they were. Um, But also this, another response to the weak levee system and seasonal flooding was an improvement in residential architecture. You can actually kind of see um, in Victorian buildings through Midtown and downtown Sacramento the the change in which they had to do, which basically they like raised their front porches. Interesting. Yeah. It's kind of like, I like to imagine it like, you know how in Virginia Beach where you have houses like on stilts that are right, right next to the beach? Right, right, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I like to imagine that's what they were thinking when they're like, let's raise our front porches. That's probably why Virginia Beach does it too. Yeah. You know, in Cambodia, they have houses like that that are like 20 or 30 feet off the ground because it just floods to like an insane degree there. I'm glad you mentioned that. Ooh. Yeah. Okay. Um, I put this as a side note. I don't know how this is supposed to help. I'd like to get your input on it, actually. Let's do it. Let's engineer something. So in addition to raising their front porches, um, small hollow spaces were built into the basement level to allow for basement flooding and aeration. I don't know how basement flooding would necessarily help. So my I, my guess is that, right, like you have the basements, they're hollowed out, that's a place for water to go. Instead of on the streets. Yeah, but my question is like, how big is this basement? How like yeah. how's that really helping if you have a tiny little basement's amount of Yeah, and it's gonna um, erode the foundation over time. Now, if the basement also has like some kind of a drainage port, then at that the bottom might, of it. But then help. who's volunteering their fucking basement to be your like <laughs> like why don't you just build something that's not in my fucking basement, you know? I don't know. Well, this is where this is the crazy part that I was like, there's no way this actually happened. Okay. And it goes back to you mentioning how People put their houses on like 20, right. 20 feet above whatever water. In Cambodia. In Cambodia. Yeah. yeah. Um, basically, a lot of Sacramentans were like, fuck this. We're just going to raise the city. Fuck yeah. Feet. Fuck yeah. <laughs> so, what? <laughs> yeah. So um, over time, Old Town Sacramento was raised 15 feet above flood level. <laughs> what does that mean? I don't even know what that means. <laughs> so the citizens were getting tired of the persistent flooding. So... Owners of two, three, and four-story buildings simply abandoned the ground floors. Oh my God! And constructed and constructed fifteen-foot-high sidewalks. 
what? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that, uh, it's, that's incredibly fucking bold, and I love it. <laughs> Roadways were later built to, to match the sidewalks. So, yeah. like, they just put a bunch of, like, dirt. Like, basically thousands of cubic yards of dirt were brought in by wagon to completely raise the city. And they also put in large wooden beams to help stabilize the foundation. That is so hilarious. So, like, pretty much all of San Francisco is just, like, raised 15 Of, of Sacramento. Of Sacramento, yeah. <laughs> I have to... I, I love it, and it's incredibly fucking bold. Mm-hmm. I have to wonder if that's easier or harder than just, like, building a new fucking city not in a floodplain. I don't know. Like, how is it easier to take your whole city... How long did this take? Oh, I think it took a while. I'm sure it took many, many years. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> probably decades and like many like in today's money millions of dollars yeah like at that point i'd say like just just make a new city i know i heard this i think on the bus or at work or something and i was like this has got to be like an old wives tale right like yeah. no one would stay in such a like yeah. shitty area where they're constantly being flooded and then just yeah. decide to raise the city like by 15 feet but no, they did. <laughs> you know whose opinion I think would be really helpful here? Mm. There's a real estate person. Like, you know how they always say, like, location, location, location? Yeah. I bet there's, like, a stickiness factor of, like, when people live somewhere, they really don't fuck. Like, if, like, even if, like, San Francisco, like, all of a sudden the streets turned into, like, alligators or something. Mm-hmm. So many... Not the streets turned into alligators. But you know what I'm saying? <laughs> yeah. It's like an alligator moat or yeah. something. I feel like people would just figure out a way to, like, deal with that, you know? So, like, I feel like they wouldn't, like, abandon San Francisco at this point, you know? Yeah. yeah. So, may- hey, maybe that's kind of the reasoning here. Yeah. I mean, there were so many businesses going on at the time. And this was, like, the center place for the gold rush. Mm-hmm. So, I think, like... They just didn't. They just didn't want to move. Look, you know, I gotta credit them on being just like, <laughs> no, we're fucking staying. Yeah. It's like come and take it or something. You know, it's kind of boss bitch energy. It's kind of boss bitch energy. Yeah. Yeah, you can actually still see the original street level in old Sacramento, like under boardwalks and some basements, and there's like a center, a sunken courtyard mm-hmm. near California State Railroad Museum, which shows the original street level. That is so crazy. This makes me want to take a trip to Sacramento. I know, me too. We should do that. For sure. <laughs> I wrote this as, Jesus Christ, another great flood in 1907. <laughs> <laughs> after this, Was this after the city was raised? Um, yes, I okay. believe so, yeah. Wow. Um, so Sacramento and the San Joaquin Valleys were visited in March 1907 by another flood that has really, like, really, really bad. I don't know if it was as bad as the one in 1862, but they still, there was, like, a lot of financial loss, specifically for farmers and stuff like that. I don't know, like, how bad the business owners, uh, you know... How, how bad that they were financially impacted since they're, they raised everything by 15 feet. But um, it was still it, it was still really bad specifically for people outside of the city. Um, the lower Sacramento River and its two largest tributaries, the Feather and American Rivers, reached the highest stages ever recorded. Wow. Yeah. Um, residents did not turn... Excuse me, I burped. Residents did not turn to the government for flood protection until these devas. Oh, excuse me, what is that tea doing to my my I'd tummy? I put tons of honey in there. Maybe, oh, <laughs> honey for my honey. <laughs> for your podcast host. <laughs> <laughs> 
Um, so residents did not turn to the government for flood protection until these devastating floods in 1907. Okay. So, and I mean, like... When I say the government, I'm not talking about, like, the city. Or, like, I don't city. need no hand now. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I'm talking about, like, the the big cojones. Right. Yeah. The giant swinging dick of the federal government. Yeah, because they did, like, in the beginning, they did have, like, the city officials and city council government kind of take care of this. But, you know, once you've raised the city level 15 feet and you're There's still... so fucking much you yeah. can do. <laughs> I just remember, I just imagine like an oldster sitting on his porch like, this is my property, I don't need no fucking hand out. And there's like some way, like tsunami like yeah. headed towards her. He's like, come on and take it, boy. That's how I like to imagine it too. So there was a Flood Control Act of 1917, 1917 um, that was passed that created the Sacramento River Flood Control Project. Uh, it ushered in the period of government participation and the construction of more levees <laughs> through the U.S. Amer- Army, U.S. Army Corps of Engineers and the B- Bureau of Reclamation. The Bureau of Reclamation? I know. I don't know if that's still around. <laughs> that doesn't seem like a real thing. Yeah. <laughs> uh, what if it was just like the Army Corps of Engineers is like, yeah, here's the Bureau of Reclamation. And it's just like some random guy like, yeah. give me your money so yeah. I can re- reclaim the land. It's like one guy who exists for like tax purposes or something. Yeah. You know, you could get away with so much in the 1900s. Like you could literally just be like, yeah, I work at the bank. Give me 500 bucks and I'll put it in a bank account for you. And they... For sure. They would just do it. Yeah. Oh, God. You know, I feel like that same energy still exists. That like Wild West energy. It just exists in different... Like I feel like it exists kind of like an AI now. Mm-hmm. Like past few years it was kind of crypto. Before yeah. that it was like online content creation. Mm-hmm. Then before that it was like the internet as a whole, you know? Yeah. There's like online gambling, which is yeah. just like a complete scam. Total scam. Like people... It's been known that like people... Mm-hmm. Like that's not a fair thing. But if you really want that kind of vibe... Mm-hmm. And, you can go to South America. Like, people... And I'm dead serious when I say this. People, like, pine for the days of, like, the Wild West. Like, if you speak Spanish, like, South America, like, has a lot of what you're looking for. Because it's kind of like, you know, if, if you get out into the sticks and you get away from the big cities, and, and we know this, we've, mm-hmm. we've been there, like, you know, there's a certain kind of lawlessness that's like, you know, and not, not as a bad thing. I'm sure that maybe probably people live there think it's a bad thing. Mm-hmm. But... You know, if you're looking to just, like, kind of, like, get away from, like, you know, the government, like, finding you and shit like yeah, that. like okay. To go to South... Like, it, there's a reason the Nazis went to Argentina, okay? That's <laughs> okay. all I'm saying. <laughs> like, oh, okay. I thought you were talking about, like, stealing or something no, like that. No, you could steal. You could do anything. <laughs> could do like, it's like, I'm just, I'm just saying, like, if you're looking for, like, a Wild West, like, I'm the law around these parts, <laughs> and you know Spanish... You could do really well. And, and so, and I'm not saying all South. Obviously, this isn't going to work in like Rio de Janeiro or something, <laughs> like, you know. So, but I'm talking about kind of like the sticks, you know. Yeah. And like, you know, even the U.S. is like, some parts of the U.S. are kind of like that. Oh, yeah. There's extent. just like some dumb dummies out there. No, but I'm not even talking about that. I'm just talking about like there's areas that the like just are so large that the federal government just hasn't penetrated them. Like I'm thinking of kind of like, you know, kind of the New Mexico, Arizona, and maybe like West Texas kind of areas. Okay. Yeah. That's interesting take. Um, Let's get back to the story. Right, right. (laughs) (laughs) Um, So as a result of the Army Corps of Engineers and Steve from the Bureau of Reclamation, (laughs) the government's role in flood control 
planning um, and expanded dramatically. The current system incorporates approximately a thousand miles of levees. That's a lot of levees, but only twenty five percent, right? Um, twenty five or seventy five percent of levees are privately owned. I can't, I can't remember which one. It's a huge difference <laughs> know, between those I two. <laughs> I I don't know. <laughs> But, um, so the Army Corps of Engineers largely completed the modern levy system by the mid-1960s. Okay. And the Sacramento Valley's levy system continued to place a critical role in flood control and mitigation, although there are now efforts to modify the structures to improve their role as fish habitat. Oh. Yeah. How does that work? I don't know. I like, like, do you remember, uh, the dam, how... There was, like, a movie that I watched about, like, dam preventing uh, salmon migration. I feel like you told me about it. I don't think I watched it. And how there's, like, uh, systems in place to help with, like, salmon migration now since the dams are, like, totally... Fucking up their patterns. Yeah, because they can't go... Yeah, wow. Yeah, good point. I think it's something like that. But, um, so why is this so important to history and to engineering? Well... This is kind of fun. Sacramento Valley, as we know it today, is an artificial creation sustained by the levee system. Um, The construction of levees enabled engineers to restrain the flow and path of the Sacramento River, making a once flood-prone river both manageable and predictable. Wow. Uh, Too bad this year the levees broke and caused Sacramento to be flooded once again. First time in a hundred years? Is that true? (laughs) I don't know. I I don't. I just did like the eighteen late mid to late eighteen hundreds and early nineteen hundreds. Okay. Um, and this predictability and system has paved the way for permanent and widespread settlement and cultivation of the Sacramento Valley. Um, and uh, you know the Sacramento Valley history is like entwined with the story of its levees and it was definitely important in the gold rush you know people wanted to settle down after they made their millions mm-hmm. or you know just spend it on dance halls yeah and- <laughs> settle down to be like destitute yeah <laughs> so that's that's kind of the whole thing that's the sacramento floods the levee system and why sacramento raised its entire city by like 15 feet that's probably the craziest part yeah i know but it's kind of baller that's that's like incredibly bold i love it i didn't believe like when i first heard it i was like there's no way that's true it is it's it's true they raised it it's location 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 i think that's what it is so what you would you take away from this story? I took away that like basically, you know, I, like I'm 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 always like applying these stories for some reason to like sort of startup terms and I'm taking away like like the V1.0 to make anything just requires a different skill set than to create the V5, let's say. Mm-hmm. So like the first version of the levies they did was dog shit, right? <laughs> But it was probably better than nothing. And then they were like iterating based off of it, right? But it still didn't really work. And then eventually they kind of got to this point where they like hit a hard stopping point where it was like, okay, we're not going to be able to move forward unless like the big like swinging dick of like the transcontinental railroad or the federal government comes in. Yeah. I don't know. I guess one of the questions I have is I don't know why, like, after, like, the third time the levees broke, like, why they didn't get someone like that. Know. Especially because, like, by that guy's, like, editorial or whatever, he was, like, like they had paid so much money at that point. I know. Like, I don't know if it was corruption, if it was that overconfidence, like, you know. And a lot of these happened in startups, too, you know. So, yeah. so I think it's a relevant, probably, lesson. 
I think they are just, they didn't have enough money and they were like a new area just being settled. And so... It sounded like their tax rate was higher than like anybody though. (laughs) Yeah, I don't understand. Well, I I just kind of love the baller move of just the citizens being like, fuck this. It's like we're taking this into our own hands. (laughs) Yeah, we're just going to raise everything. (laughs) Yeah, that's, and maybe that's another lesson we can kind of take from it. You know, it's like... When your uh, when your government stops serving you, just raise your town for fifteen feet. <laughs> yeah. But uh, yeah, this was really fun to research. I had a good time. Um, levies, man, levies. Them good old boys were drinking whiskey and rye. Drove my Chevy to the levee, but the levee was dry. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Don McLean, folks. <laughs> yeah, they also had like a dam as well. There, there was like a whole bunch of stuff that they tried to do to keep the city from being flooded. But I really just wanted to focus on the levees and the fact that they raised the city by like fifteen feet. But maybe uh, in the future we can go over some other things that they did. I think the levees were kind of the star of the show. Yeah, they they for sure were. And for someone, I didn't know what a levee was before starting this podcast, so that was uh, really informative. Yeah, I uh, I knew. <laughs> I knew. I knew. Yeah, they don't along. teach that in mechanical engineering school. <laughs> no, they don't. It's like that's some some civil stuff. Okay, yeah. well, thank you, Anna. I, that was that was fascinating. Thank you, Paul, for listening and being a part of this journey. Yeah. Well, I think we have another dry January episode after this, mm-hmm. and then we'll be back to our regularly scheduled drunken debauchery. <laughs> <laughs> I would say mildly buzzed, if that. Yeah. All right. Cheers. Cheers.